0: for the last few weeks at least if not more we've been speaking about the topic of mannerisms pertaining to a variety of issues in islam and we'll remind ourselves why is the reason that we speak about the topic of good manners Because Allah loves us to have good manners and the reality is that if you are like me then you are in need of developing good manners and the Prophet said it will be the heaviest thing on the scale of good deeds and he also said that I didn't come except to perfect the good manners. So good manners is something which is imperative for us to learn, to revise if we already know them and to think about how to improve them throughout Different spheres of our life. In surat al-Araf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us here that verily He sent down for us, or He's given to us and provided to us, clothing. So that we can cover ourselves with that clothing and we can adorn ourselves. The Arabs of the past. When they used to make tawaf around the Kaaba, they used to make tawaf naked. It was no problem for them to walk around unclothed in their societies. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse to tell them and to inform them that it's better for you to take the bounty that Allah has given you, which is clothing, and to clothe yourselves with that clothing and adorn yourself with that adornment so that you can be presentable in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's sad. That in many societies today, people are reflecting what was taking place in those societies which they look upon as being backward 1400 years ago. So, today, you have in those societies which claim to be forward thinking and developed and progressive, walking around in bikinis and thongs and other things of such nature, hardly wearing any clothing, and they think that this is being free and liberal. But this is something which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, Allah wants us to take from His bounty and to clothe ourselves. The aura of both genders, there's only two genders at the moment, right? In the Muslim lands. In the other lands, it's a bit problematic. In the Prophet sallallahu the Prophet told us in Sahih al-Muslim, لا ينظر awrati إلى عورة ولا المرأة إلى المرأة That a man should not look at the aura of another man. Nor should a woman look at the aura of another woman. And nor should a man be unclothed under, under a blanket or such with another man. And nor should a woman be unclothed with another woman under a blanket or such. Because their aura have to be protected from one another. So it's something which is imperative. And the Prophet ﷺ said, The Prophet ﷺ said, protect, take caution, and protect your awra except from your wife and from what your right hand possesses. So nobody is allowed to see your awrah except for your wife. And awra comes from the word awr. Aur means that which is embarrassing or something to be ashamed of, okay? So the awra is that which we should be ashamed of and have concern with regards to covering. What if you are alone, <coughs> nobody's around, and you feel like enjoying that expression of being without clothes? The Prophet ﷺ, as narrated by Imam Ahmad, he said, Wallahu أَحَقُّ أَن مِنْهُ مِنَ النَّاسِ that Allah Azzawajal, He has more right than anybody else that you have shyness in front of Him than you would have shyness in front of the people. So if you are shy to uncover yourself in front of the people, then really and truly you should be aware that Allah sees you perfectly and clearer than anybody else on the face of this earth sees you. So when you are alone, you also try to ensure that you are covered unless you cannot do so. What is the area which is known as the aura for man the majority of the ulama they said from the belly button to the knees right and the humbly scholars they said excluding the belly button and the knees so it's from the belly button to the knees but the belly button and the knees are not part of the aura according to the humbly scholars but many others they say no it includes covering both of the belly button and the knees. so in any case as the brother correctly mentioned it's covering belly button to the knees for the man right and this means that when you are covering the aura there shouldn't be tight clothing that is worn on that part of the body because if there is tight clothing that is worn on that part of the body you are not in reality covering the aura because when you go into particular positions that we do often going into and in sujood many a time your body parts are being shown and these body parts should be covered they should be covered by wearing something long up to the knee or they should be covered by wearing loose clothing in the pants themselves. Not like today that we have become habitual and accustomed to wearing tight clothing. This is not correct. We have to ensure to the best of our ability that we wear clothing that is loose, covering the aura, right? From the belly button to the knees. And also the clothing that you wear shouldn't be see-through wherein your skin is seen in that part, which is the aura. So whatever is defined as the aura, Neither should it be tight Neither should the clothing be thin To the extent that you can see through it to the skin Because that is also not covering the awrah. What about in the prayer? Is it okay for a man to pray Just covering his awrah? From his knee to his belly button? Some say yes, some say Nothing, good In Bukhari Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ said La that none of you should pray in one piece of clothing wherein there is nothing on his shoulders shoulders means literally between the shoulder and the neck so none of you should pray in a piece of clothing that has nothing which is covering that part of the body right and one of the reasons for that it was mentioned by the scholars is that many a time in the time of the Prophet people couldn't find clothing. They would basically just have wraps. A wrap of clothing, a wrap of material around their body. So if it wasn't connected to the shoulders, when they would go into the the sujood at times, their clothing would uncover. Their bodies would become uncovered, right? Because it's, it's very loose. There's nothing that can tighten it. So the Prophet said in this hadith that you have to ensure that something is on your shoulders when you are praying. And as we said, the reason may be, the ta'aleel may be to prevent the clothing from falling. So this was a command from the Prophet ﷺ and the view of the humbly scholars is that you have to pray with something on your shoulders. The majority, they said, no, this is recommended, mustahab. In any case, what do you think? If you saw somebody praying in shorts and he was covering from his his, uh, belly button to his knees, what would you think? Would you kick him and say, get out of the masjid? What would you say? You can't, right? Because he's covering his aura. but you have to remind him that Allah says in Surah Al Araf, uh, Ya Bani Adam, O children of Adam, take your adornment when you go to the places of worship, when you go to the masjid. So when you go to the masjid, you have to remember, why am I going to the masjid? I'm not going to see my friends, I'm going to visit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to spend quality time with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. So like I like to dress up and show off to my friends, to my family members, to my work colleagues, I like to impress them. So I should try to impress Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la with clean clothing and with clothing that is appropriate for the great and beautiful act of worships that take place in the masjid. Pertaining to the mannerisms of clothing, it's forbidden to cross gender, gender mixing in the dress, the Prophet said in the hadith in Bukhari very sternly It's mentioned about the Prophet وسلم, La'ana الله الله The Prophet cursed He sent a curse upon these people La'ana الله الله The Prophet cursed those people from amongst the men Who tried to imitate the women in their dress Subhanallah And how much we see of that today and curse those from amongst the women who try to imitate the men in the way they dress and behave. So it's something imperative that when you wear your particular clothing, you have to ensure that it's not resembling the clothing of the women in terms of its colors, in terms of how tight it is, and things of that nature. So it's imperative to avoid that. And from that is not only the type of clothing itself, also added to that is the behavior. Sometimes you find the masculinity of a man is being lost. It's hard to find people who have the real masculinity that is supposed to be there anymore. The men are becoming too soft and the women are becoming too rough. The women are controlling the men, right? That's not a problem really, but you know what I'm trying to say, becoming brash and loud. And when some men are becoming meager and meek and weak, this is not correct. Especially in the way they walk and talk and behave. And Ibn Hajj al-Asqalani, The imam, he said that if a person finds this in themselves, this femininity, then they have to strive hard to remove those characteristics from themselves. They have to strive hard to remove those characteristics from themselves. Pertaining to the manners of clothing, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses a person with wealth or blessings, then that should be seen in the clothing that they wear. A person shouldn't choose to wear a very poor level of clothing if he doesn't have to do so. The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith in Tirmidhi إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يُحِبُّ أَن يَرَى أَثْرَ نَعْمَهُ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يُحِبُّ an yara أَثْرَ نَعْمَةِهِ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes to see the effects of His blessings that He has given you upon His slaves. So if Allah has given you wealth to wear clean clothing and clothing that covers you properly without having lots of patches and holes in it that's the type of clothing you should wear you shouldn't choose to dress like somebody who's way below your economic standard if there's no need for that however this shouldn't be done with extravagance the person though he can afford to buy clothes he shouldn't go and buy the most expensive type of clothing if there's no need for him to do so he shouldn't be addicted to filling up his cupboard from time to time every time there's a sale he believes what the retailers are saying. It's a sale. It's not really a sale. They're just now selling it at the correct price before the price was inflated. So 70% off is what the price should have been in the first place. So people, they go crazy. Oh my God, it's a sale. I can't miss out. I have five jackets, but I have to buy one more six. No, don't, be, don't fall into that trap. And especially expensive clothing for no reason. So in any case, it shouldn't be extravagant because the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, من al تواضعا Whoever leaves a type of clothing, and he out of humbleness in front of Allah or humility in front of Allah and he is able to purchase that clothing, Then Allah on the day of judgment will call and bring him forth amongst all of the creation sha'a yalbasuha and he will tell the person, tell the slave choose now from any of the adornments from Jannah that you wish to choose from and he will be brought and he will be treated in a special manner because he left off showing off he didn't show off he left it off for the sake of Allah he left off this expensive clothing which he could have had and he could have worn it for the sake of being humble in front of Allah so Allah now calls him to the place where it really truly matters that people see you in a high status. That is on the Day of Judgment. When the millions and millions of people will be staring at this person and Allah will allow him to choose from the jewelry of Jannah and the adornments of Jannah as a way of praising him and raising his rank and status. So wearing good clothes is allowed, but as we said, it shouldn't lead to arrogance. And also the Prophet ﷺ, as narrated by Ibn Masud in Sahil Muslim, he clarified this, he said, the Prophet ﷺ said, لَا that, that person will not enter into Jannah who has an atom's weight of arrogance in his heart. Just an atom's weight of arrogance. That person is not going to enter into Jannah. So one of the companions, رضي الله and we love this about the Sahaba, may Allah reward them. They would always ask questions to clarify the religion. So that people like me and you can benefit. So they wanted to clarify. They said, "Ya Rasulullah, a rajul yuhibbu an yakun thawbuhu hasan, wa na'lahu hasana." But oh, Prophet of Allah, a person loves or or wants that his clothing is nice and beautiful, and that his shoes are nice and beautiful. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam clarifies. He said, "Al kibar, Batrul haq wa ghamtu al nas." Before he said that, he said, "Inna Allah jamil wa yuhibbu al jamal." Al-kibar he said, verily Allah is beautiful in the most perfect of ways. And he loves beauty. The kibr that I'm speaking about, the arrogance and the pride that I'm speaking about, is to reject the truth when it comes to you and look down upon the people. And this is the real- reality of the matter. Don't allow the cars that you drive, the houses that you live in, the clothing that you wear, the positions that you have in society or work, Cause you to start looking down upon the people. From the cleaner to the sweeper to the higher ranks, respect everybody the same. Respect them based upon the same criteria, which is that they have good deeds, they have good manners, and that's why we respect them. And before all of that is belief. So don't allow your wearing of, what is the top clothing these days? Armani, Hugo, Boss, this kind of stuff? There's maybe more than that, right? That I don't know of. Not saying that I have humbleness, that's that's why I don't know it. But... Don't allow that to happen. When you wear these beautiful, expensive clothes, don't allow yourself to become arrogant. Rather, if you are wearing expensive clothes and there's no problem with that, just enjoy it as a bounty from the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but don't allow it to affect your heart. From the mannerisms of clothing, is to avoid something which is known as al-libas And this is extremely dangerous. Al-libas al-shuhra. The Prophet said, as collected in the Sunan, من that whoever wears the clothing of shuhrah in the dunya then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him wear the clothes of humiliation on the day of judgment in the hereafter so what is this shuhra? shuhrah as Ibn Athir he said in its original meaning Shuhra, this word it simply means to show to show something but here it refers to somebody who is wearing a clothing to try to distinguish himself from everybody else in society. He's trying to wear clothing to raise himself above so that the next of the people will be raised and they will be looking at him. So it could be that this clothing is super expensive and unavailable to the majority of society. So he wants people to look at him and to point him out as being somebody special. It could be that the clothing is of a very strange design or strange colorings that is not the norm of society. So people will look at him. Even if the clothing is not expensive, it could still be libasa shuhra, which the Prophet ﷺ warned against wearing. So in any case, it's wearing a type of clothing in a particular society which that society is not used to. It's not from the customarily norms of that society. So if somebody does that with the intent of trying to be different from everybody else and try to have people look at them so that they can be looked upon as being special in that type of light, then that is wrong and that is going to cause the person to be humiliated in the hereafter. We ask Allah's protection from that. From the mannerisms of clothing which is very important is that the clothing that you wear shouldn't be made of gold or silk. Who is this for? For the men, right? The women, they can wear silk, and they can wear the gold. But the men, they shouldn't wear that. This is something they have to avoid. The Prophet said in Sahih al-Muslim, that whoever wears silk in this world will not be able to wear it, or will be prevented from wearing it in the hereafter, as a form of punishment. So silk is something we have to avoid. But there are exceptions to wearing silk. What are those exceptions? What are the exceptions? If you have some kind of skin allergy, right, and it's affecting your skin, it's causing you to scratch or itch, and the only way you can find relief is by wearing silk. You've tried other materials, they didn't work, and then you have to try wearing silk, and if that works for you, you are able to wear it. Another exception is, the ulama, they say, they say if that you have... In a piece of clothing four fingers of silk worth, four fingers worth of silk, then that is an exception that is allowed. That amount of silk is allowed, right? If it's four fingers amount or so, that is also an exception. And gold, as we said, the men, they don't wear gold unless there's a medical reason for doing so. In the time of the Prophet, one of the companions of Anhu, in the battle, his nose was cut off. So he took a nose of silver, but that silver became rotten, and then the Prophet commanded him to take a nose of gold. So, gold is not allowed for us to use, right? For men. But because it was a necessity, he was able to take it. So, with the wearing of gold, maybe you need to have a gold tooth. The dentist advises you that nothing is going to solve the problem in your mouth except for a gold tooth or a gold crown. So, in that situation, there's a clear exception, which are based upon medical reasoning and, and rulings, then you are allowed to do so. But as I said, the wearing of gold and silk is not allowed for men in the dunya with regards to wearing clothing also something that is very important however there is a difference between the ulama but out of caution we lead to the stricter opinion which is that you have to be extremely strict and ensure that your clothing doesn't reach where where should your clothing not reach the floor, right? It shouldn't reach lower than your ankles. The Prophet ﷺ said in Bukhari, مَا أَسْفَلَ الْكَعْبَيْن مِنَ الْإِزَار فَفِي الْنَارِ That which is below the ankles from the clothing is in the fire. It Meaning there's punishment. It's a major sin. Because anything in Islam which is attached to a wa'id of punishment, which is attached to a warning of punishment, then it's considered a major sin. Okay, so here the Prophet ﷺ is saying to have clothing below the ankles is a major sin, right? Many of the ulama, in fact the majority of them, they didn't take this opinion. Because there's other narrations where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the same thing that the ones who drag their clothing, right, will be punished for that. Their clothing is below their ankles and they drag it behind them out of a type of arrogance. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu as-siddiq he became worried and he went to the Prophet. ﷺ. He said, Ya Rasulullah, my garment falls down. So he had a panic attack that he didn't want to fall into that category of having his clothing below the ankles. So the Prophet ﷺ assured him that you are not from them because you're not doing this out of arrogance. Why was, the, uh, why was the, uh, Abu Bakr's clothing falling down? Because he was thin. It was hard for him to wrap it around his waist. So that's why his clothing would fall down. It wasn't due to another reason. But the ulama who take their stricter opinion, which may be the better one, and Allah knows best, they say, okay, so if you say this as as an excuse against the first hadith we quoted, are you saying that now you have proof that you are not wearing it out of arrogance? Because that's what the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Bakr, that you for sure are not from those people. So if you can bring that proof to say that you for sure are not from those people, then go ahead and wear that clothing that comes under your ankles. But the safer bet is khalas. We heard the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. He said that which is below the ankles is going to be from the fire, right? So we avoid it to the best of our abilities. And now, alhamdulillah, it's becoming fashion now, right? When we were growing up and wherever, trying to have the clothing above the ankles, people would laugh at us. They said, why are you doing that? Are the floods coming? Is there so much rainwater you have to lift your clothing above your ankle? But now in all of the fashion catalogs, much of the clothing, they design it in the way that it's above the ankle. So alhamdulillah, there's no problem. To her prohibition of wearing clothing that has a cross on it. A salib, a cross, right? If your clothing has a cross, you can't wear it. Also, if your clothing has pictures of something which has a soul, a picture of a living being, then you can't wear it. Once the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim, he came home and he stood at the entrance of his house and he didn't enter. And he looked very upset. So Aisha radiallahu an, our mother, she asked, Ya Rasulullah, what's wrong? What have I done? Why are you not entering? He said, what is that cushion? It's a type of cushion. It had pictures of animals on it. So the Prophet sallallahu wa was very upset at this. And he said, إِنَّ أَصْحَابَ هَذِي سُوَرْ يُعَذَّبُونَ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Verily, the people who design such things, who make such pictures of animals or beings that have souls in them, living beings, They will be punished on the Day of Judgment. khalaqtum." It will be said to them, Bring to life then, go ahead, bring to life that which you created. So Allah is saying it to them in rebuke, that you think you can create, it's only for me to create. It's not for you to make, try to make likeness of what I have created. Meaning, don't try to make a likeness of created beings that have soul in them. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, That verily the angels, they will not enter into a house that has a picture. A picture of something which is living, that has a soul, right? So, this is something imperative to avoid. Avoid pictures on the clothing, especially if it has a picture of a cross, because that is something to do with shirk from the mannerisms of clothing to please Allah Azawajal and to get reward from such a simple act is as mentioned in Bukhari by her mother Aisha anha she says that the Prophet it used to please him that when he would comb his hair he would start from the right when he would put on his uh, shoes he would start from the right. When he would do his purification, he would start from the right. And in all of the other things he would do, he would start from the right. So in most of the things that the Prophet ﷺ did, including wearing your clothing, starting from the right. So if you, when you do this mundane activity, putting on your clothes, but you remember, hang about, I should start from my right, then you're going to get rewarded for that. You'll have ajr for that, for such a simple thing. So we try to remind ourselves that from the mannerisms of clothing, is to start from the right. You should praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you have new clothing. Praise Allah Azawajal when you have new clothing. Allahu Akbar. In Abi Dawood, the Prophet sallallahu said, taught us to say, Alhamdulillahi kasani thawb min ghayri hawlin minni wala kuwa." Praise be to Allah Azawajal who gave me this clothing without any power or movement from myself. Meaning it wasn't me. That provided myself this, the reality of the situation, that this rizq of this beautiful clothing that I'm wearing, it was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just by saying these words when you have new clothing, you are forgiven as it says in the end of the hadith. That by saying that, Allah first, amazing right? Allah gives you the gift of the clothing. And you say alhamdulillah and then He gives you another gift, which is He forgives your sins. Subhanallah. The karam and the bounties of Allah azawajal, beyond, beyond what we can imagine. However, when we say this praise be to Allah who gave him this thawb don't let it just be robotic words automated words on your tongue really think about it. The reality is this clothing that we're wearing so many people in the world they can't afford it. They can't afford clothing to cover their bodies. Their clothing has holes in it. Their clothing is dirty. They cannot wash it properly. Their clothing is not of quality that can protect them from the cold in the winter. They're suffering. And we we throw bags out every. Time the season changes and the new fashion comes in we send a bag of clothing to the dustbin we should think about what Allah has given us from the ni'am, and we should praise him subhanahu wa ta'ala from the deep parts of our souls and hearts and for that we are rewarded what do you say to a person from what do you say to a person when he wears new clothes if you see one of your brothers wearing new clothes what can you say to him ilbas jadid wa hamid wamut. Shaheed I always, I always say I'll tell you in a minute The, the hadith says in Abu, um, The hadith says Wear it new Wear the new clothing wa-ash-hamid, And wear that In a state of being honoured Right And die as a martyr My children they always laugh at me when I say this Because I always say And shadid means harsh Die harshly Because <laughs> I get it mixed up between Shaheed and shadid. So they correct me Shaheed is the correct wear uh, new clothing and wear it honorably and die as a martyr in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this teaches us once again as we've mentioned before that when you see your brother with something new or something good what do I do? I make dua for him it's teaching us this right when you have new clothing make dua for your brother such a beautiful teaching because we're human beings we're going to be jealous by nature I see the brother's got something nice something's going to happen it's going to whisper Right? But if you make dua for your brother, that Allah beautify his house for him, beautify his car for him. Increase what you've given to him. Right? The the jealousy goes. Alhamdulillah. So this is how we have to be. We something something we like and we see it with somebody else, let's make du'a for that person to benefit from it. What colour? I'm asking the kids, what colour is from clothing are we recommended to wear? Wow, mashallah, tabarakallah You're right, 100% It's white The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith in Abi Dawood and Ahmed Wear from your clothing, white clothing For it is the best of your clothing And use it as shrouding for your dead So the Prophet ﷺ encouraging us to wear white clothing Of course it differs from society to society but it's just something which we say if you wear this once again as a way of getting reward because you're wearing what the Prophet encouraged us to wear, then you have reward there. It's mustahab, it's recommended highly and we cannot force people to wear such clothing. It doesn't have to be white but it's highly recommended. What color in clothing do men have to avoid? Red is the one because it depends on the explanation the ulama give to the hadith. Did the Prophet ﷺ mean yellow or did he mean red? From what I've read, the Prophet ﷺ meant red. To avoid red clothing, okay? To avoid red clothing. But what this means here, what this means here is that your clothing shouldn't be completely red. So if somebody's giving you a nice Adidas t-shirt, you think, oh my God, it's red, I can't wear it. No, you're okay because you have stripes of a different color on the t-shirt. So you're allowed to wear it. So if the clothing is all red, that's what you have to avoid. But if it has some other type of color in it, in terms of stripes or something of that nature, then you can go ahead and wear that clothing. طيب. Regarding the clothing that we wear on our heads, the wigs and the, and the natural hair that we have. The Prophet ﷺ said in Abi Dawud, مَنْ كَانَ لَهُ شعر The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever has hair on his head, then let him honor his hair, let him take care of his hair. Don't leave it to become bushy and just growing wild. If you have hair, you should take care of it. Ensure that it's combed in in a decent manner. Ensure that it doesn't have nits and all kinds of animals in the hair because you don't wash it often. However, we shouldn't go to the other extreme which many men have gone to today. You know the cosmetic market for men is now, if not the same as women, probably bigger. Cosmetics. The amount of money these cosmetic, the cosmetic industry makes from what they sell to men in terms of the creams and the hair, have a, have research, I know you're shocked, research, it's amazingly high. So men, it's become problematic for them now, if his hair is out of place or it doesn't look good he's not going to leave the house, he's going to have a depressed day, people have gone to the other extreme, the prophet said take care of your hair but don't become like the women, you have to sit in front of the mirror combing non-stop checking non-stop is it good does it look good taking pictures and sending to your friend what do you think about my hairstyle no this is not how the man should behave the prophet sallallahu as in abidawood in tirmidhi is narrated by abdullah ibn mughafa naha rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and a illa ghibban the prophet sallallahu forbade that one should comb his hair except for one day on and one day off one day you comb and you take care of your hair by putting cream and one day you leave it okay some may say that's in a different society, fair enough, understand. But the point is don't go to extremes with taking care of your hair. Be normal and natural, tidy it, every time you go to Salah maybe, but don't go beyond that and don't allow it to depress yourself if your hair looks a bit funny. And if you don't have hair on your head, you're bald, make sure you get oil and you shine it. And after you get oil, you have to get the special grease which makes it even shinier, Shiny as much as you can joking it's not from the sunnah just joking right trying to keep us entertained if you have a bold head alhamdulillah you still look beautiful you still look nice it doesn't matter you just take care of your bold head as much as you can which hair should be left to grow which hair should you leave to grow the bed right the hair of the bed the prophet sallallahu alayhi muslim he said differ from the mushrikeen differ from the polytheists I mean the kuffar uh, trim your moustaches and allow your beards to grow and this command from the Prophet came in seven different commands in seven different ways commanding us to grow our beds right of course there's difference of opinions what can you trim from the bed what can you take from the bottom of the bed that's a different discussion but I'm saying grow the bed the bed should look like a bed unless you have one of those faces that you can't grow that's not that's beyond your control but if you can if you can grow it and you're not allowing it to be grown then this is something which the majority of the ulama They said it's forbidden. The overwhelming majority of the ulama, they said this is forbidden. You have to grow your beard and it's something that you should be proud to do. And again, as I said, fashion today has become fashionable. Many of the Hollywood stars and the Bollywood stars, they're growing their beards because they find it fashionable. We don't do it because of that. We do it because we please Allah and we want to resemble the Prophet and the Muslims but it makes it easier now that other people are doing it in society. This is what I have to say from regarding uh, the issues pertaining to clothing there's many more and one of them before i close i should say uh, is that when you wear your clothing as we said it shouldn't be tight and it shouldn't be tight around the aura it shouldn't be um, see-through that it allows a person to see your skin and with regards to the woman we mentioned the aura of the woman right did we not mention the aura of the woman the aura of the woman is all of her body except for her face and her hands according to the majority opinion. And Abu Hanifa, ta'ala, he also excluded the feet. But the correct opinion is that the feet are part of the awrah of the woman. So the woman, she has to cover the whole of her body with loose clothing, clothing which is not tight around the awrah, and it shouldn't be see-through for sure, and it shouldn't be colorful to the extent that it's not the type of clothing that a woman who fears Allah would wear in that society. So this differs from society to society. But if the women of that society who are known to be pious and god fearing God-fearing, they would look upon that as being shocking, that this is too colourful, then that should be avoided, okay? So, <coughs> also adding to this, which should be avoided, is that the clothing shouldn't resemble the clothing of people that it's known that Allah is displeased with them. So you have, for example, certain types of actors who act in uh, films which are not pleasing to Allah. As an example, singers, dancers, these, they, they're known to wear certain type of clothing, that you look upon them, you detect straight away that they're from that type of society. Right? that type of clothing which is known to be from people that displease Allah you shouldn't try to imitate them Okay, you shouldn't try to be like them in their clothing so that was an important point which I missed out for whatever reason and perfection is belonging to Allah alone and all of the creation of Allah have mistakes and shortcomings I ask Allah to forgive my mistakes and shortcomings, anything which was correct was from Allah I ask Allah to reward us for this small effort that we made and to help us on our journey of perfecting and bettering our character so that we become pleasing to Allah and that we become pleasing to the people around us and not oppressive. Wa sallallahu alayhi If you have any questions, then feel free inshaAllah.